0: This is a Mr. Thrive Media production. I, Jonathan Boring, have interrupted this program to introduce my own podcast. It's called The Social Spice Podcast, and it's a show covering the ever-growing topic of social media marketing, and just how a few simple tweaks to your digital outreach can change the entire course of your business. Let's get you cooking with fire. Again, the name of the podcast is The Social Spice Podcast, available on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, we're here to help. (laughs)
1: Ho, ho, ho! Merry
0: Christmas! Mr. Thrive, aka Chaz, isn't here right now, so I, Chris Strangle, will take over for the day. Today's guest is Jennifer Brouffer. A veteran from the U.S. Marines who has done nothing but create and do wonderful things with her career. That sounded more like Bane, didn't it? Well, okay. Well, Jennifer Brofer is this fantastic person who is a veteran from the U.S. Marines. She is fantastic and she creates and she, she only knows how to be her amazing self. And today we see her on this journey with Right Face Productions. And I'm just so excited to see what comes from this amazing work that she does. The year is over, ladies and gentlemen. Whew, man, what a year, it's been tremendous, and I'm just thankful that during this time I've been able to spend a lot of time with my family and do a lot of self-reflection, and really none of this year, any of the achievements that I was able to accomplish would be even possible without you guys, the listeners, my community, the Mr. Thrive Network, my business coordinator slash community outreach, Izzy Salant, the editor for these podcasts, Selena Elise Fraga. There have been so many different things that I cannot even begin to express how thankful I am for, and I'm I'm just thankful for this great opportunity. We had our last networking event of the year and it was a really surprisingly emotional event. And if you haven't gone to these events yet, you got to check them out. They're really, really fantastic. So I would like to thank everyone who's ever participated in our networking events. We have an exciting year coming up for 2021. It's looking like that's going to be the year when this pandemic's over. That's at least what we think is going to happen. I'm just excited to see what comes of this and how the artists in this community can finally get back on their feet and start empowering themselves to move forward and constantly create and bring more culture to this amazing world, to grow and to be able to sell their art and sell their services and be able to help and benefit the world for its culture, and Jennifer Brofer included in that group of artists. So without further ado, thank you for 2020. Let's sit back one more time, relax, and enjoy the show. You have stumbled upon Mr. Thrive Stars of Tomorrow, where together we will discover emerging artists
1: filmmaker jennifer brofer
0: jennifer welcome to the podcast so great to have you today
1: thank you for having me on it's a great day to and it's also tomorrow <laughs>
0: yeah no no no. i was gonna say it's also really refreshing to have a fellow podcaster on the show which we're gonna talk all about in a second you're an individual who has you know lived a few lifetimes and just this one life alone you kind of have a crazy story i'm really excited to share it with everyone what yeah. is your podcast
1: So I have a couple of podcasts. That's right. Right Face Podcast is my military podcast where I share the stories of military creatives like myself. And I have another podcast called Dick Talk in Mimosas that I do with my two best friends where we talk about dating and relationships, basically everything from fetishes to felines over mimosas.
0: I love it. And by the way, it's very rare that I get to talk to someone who produces multiple podcasts like myself. My business right now is producing six ongoing podcasts. You are producing two, but most people I've ever spoken to, they're they're like producing one podcast. You know, they're just on on one at this moment. So you're kicking butt. Um,
1: Thank you. Do you
0: go through the same stress of like that workload and like just kind of like weighing on you the way it weighs on me sometimes?
1: Um, actually, not really. I feel like. I've made it more of a fun hobby. So like actually right before this podcast, I recorded an episode of Right Face Podcast. I got to interview a military musician who is an Air Force veteran. So I did that right before this and it was just really easy breezy phone interview. uh, So I'll put that together later. And uh, as far as the Dick Talk and Mimosas podcast, that is just a lot of fun because we're drinking the whole time talking about dating and relationships and you know, the, the woes and the joys that go along with that. So that's always fun. Just catching up with the girlfriends.
0: I'm completely jealous because I want to have a job where I can drink and get paid to drink and just talk about my sexuality and my fetishes. It sounds like the perfect dream job right there.
1: It's pretty great. And we actually just got our first liquor sponsor who gives us free booze. So we get to drink for free every couple weeks. (laughs) Who's your sponsor? The Liquor Fountain, which is in East Hollywood. Okay. Uh, Well, by the way, they're not sponsored
0: on this podcast. They're not sponsored on this podcast.
1: They're not sponsored on this podcast, (laughs) but they're really super nice and they give us amazing booze and that helps to loosen our tongues when we are discussing dating.
0: (laughs) Yes, quite so. And now with the Right Face uh, podcast on uh, military service and just like military service individuals, you just talked about how you interviewed an Air Force person. Did you make fun of him and call him the chair force?
1: (laughs) You know, I didn't, but I've definitely used that phrase many times in jest with my military friends. Sure. Uh, We're all on the same team. I actually have an uncle who retired from the Air Force. um, But yes, I do love my Chair Force friends. (laughs) uh, But no, I didn't use that one on this particular episode. But maybe I'll tell him about this podcast and he can hear it here.
0: (laughs) Oh, there we go. Just so you know, you're going to forward the disc. So I'll
1: plug your podcast. To that guy who was on my podcast, <laughs> that is a second
0: tier diss, and I respect it. I mean, that's, that's dedication right there. But I mean, so what? What you do is really impressive, and I, I get the I get the impression, by the way, that the Right Face podcast is strictly about respecting people in the service, right? It's very much about hearing the story and like what did what did you go through, right? That kind yeah, of story.
1: Absolutely, I like to talk about why they joined the military, what they did in the military, and how it led into their work in the creative field. So I've interviewed musicians, actors, producers, uh, directors, and uh, they all have really unique stories. And they all have something in common, which is they all served in the military. So uh, whether you were in the Air Force, the Chair Force, or you know whatever branch, I haven't interviewed anyone in the Space Force yet. But uh, maybe in the future, I'll get to interview a Space Force creative.
0: Wait, wait, hold on one second. Is the Space Force <laughs> real?
1: It's actually real.
0: So it is real.
1: It's a real thing. Uh, is it anything like
0: the TV show on Netflix that Steve Carell produced?
1: It's it, That's a show as well, which I watched one episode. It was pretty good. Yeah. And there are people in the Space Force now. I just haven't met any because it's such a new branch of the military, but- We'll see. Maybe one day I'll have a, I don't know, Space Force actor on or something. Well, maybe someone who was on the show and then joined the Space Force after that. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah.
0: For the record, I just want to rant very quickly about the Netflix show Space Force because that show has so much potential. So much potential has a triple A cast, has great screenwriters with an amazing resume And, you know, the production quality is there and it's making fun of something so relevant and so in our, well, not really in our minds, but like, it's there enough for us to like recognize the nuances and its humor, but it's a little bit, it's just not there. It's not hitting me the same way that like the office had hit me, you know? And I think part of the problem was that they took all of the best jokes and they put it in the trailer so now we see oh. we saw all these jokes ahead of time and we're like okay it's just not as good anymore yeah
1: because when i watched the first episode a few months ago I, I i did think it was funny but i wasn't grabbed i wasn't grabbed enough to keep watching right because um, i i don't watch that much television to begin with so like if i do watch something it's got to be like amazing um so yeah uh i i kind of have to agree with you there mm-hmm. but who knows
0: who knows this who knows <laughs> Anyway, though, we <laughs> talked about Right Face. We then switched over to Space Force. Let's talk about Dick talking mimosas, because I think that's right now the biggest project right now for you, isn't it?
1: It's, it's, the, it's definitely the most popular podcast of the two that I produce. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we just recorded our 10th and 11th episodes yesterday. We like to do a weekly, so we record twice a month, two episodes each and we drink a lot. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a new thing for us. We, you know, we've, like I said, we've only put out a handful of episodes, but it's been so much fun. And uh, yeah, it's just a really great outlet for all of the things that we go through when we're dating or in relationships, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad and we go through it all. Like there is no, you know, we we keep it real on the podcast.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah. Anyone
1: who is interested uh, basically in dating me specifically, Mm -hmm. if they were smart, they'll listen to the podcast because it's essentially a blueprint for what I like when I'm in a relationship.
0: Absolutely. And guys, you just heard it. Jennifer Brofer, she has laid out the blueprint. You just got to listen to the episodes. And then what hit you up on Instagram, right? Just like slide into your DMS. Is that how you want to be asked? How do you want to be asked out?
1: It would be better than email probably. Um, Although I've had people email me, which is weird. Uh, (laughs) It's like, that's a little non-traditional.
0: It's a very boomer Uh, way of asking someone out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was kind of a boomer actually. (laughs) Uh, I guess, yeah. DMS are fine um, because I'm not going to give my, phone number like on air, you know. So yeah, DMs are fine. If if they uh I don't know, have something creative or interesting to say or feedback on the podcast, that's always appreciated. But yeah, I mean I lay it all out there, you know, from being newly single and just everything I've been going through on the quest to finding my person. So yeah, oh, yeah. I it a listen.
0: <laughs> Amazing. And it's not just you, by the way, it's you and, and two other of your best friends. I'd like to ask you, how did this concept kind of get started?
1: Yeah, so my two best friends, Anna and Amanda, we met a couple of years ago in a personal development workshop, and we just became like the best friends. And we started doing these monthly brunches. And so, of course, at brunch, you have bottomless mimosas. So we started doing these monthly brunches and we went to this uh, event for uh, wine people who like to drink wine. And so we had some wine and one of us at brunch said that, hey, we have really good conversations that I think a lot of people would like to listen to. Maybe we should start a podcast. And we kind of sat on the idea for a couple of months just because the idea of producing a podcast was a little bit I don't know, a little bit scary at the time because I had never done a podcast up until that point.
0: Oh, so you weren't creating Right Face Productions yet?
1: Well, Right Face Podcast was created... Right uh, Podcast. For, yeah, Right Face Podcast was created before. Um, but when we had this idea for DTM or Dick Talk and Mimosas, DTM, DTM. We, I didn't yet have that podcast. So I had done zero podcast producing at that point and so then i i I started right face podcast uh i was inspired by someone to create it and so i did that one and i thought you know what um it's not that difficult so maybe i could handle doing one more podcast so i said you know what ladies we should do it we should just do the podcast and it, it won't be perfect but that's okay we'll just get better as we go and here we are 2 months later and we've been putting out an episode a week and we've gotten really good feedback we have our first sponsor and we have paid supporters which is really awesome so thank you to all of our supporters who have been listening
0: yeah well congratulations you have a fun sexy show and it's, it's I, I enjoy listening to it it's really fun to listen to thank you you and your do friends have, have a,
1: a, do you have huh? a favorite episode
0: do you have a favorite episode um <laughs> strategically wise, I mean, here's, here's something that you guys did that actually that was kind of flawless in your first episode. I've listened to more than just your first episode for the record, but um, with with um, your first episode, something you guys did was if you just listened to it without thinking about any, you know, analytical fac- facts of it, right? You guys introduced the concept really well with just your, your chemistry with each other, but then you threw out and teased possibilities mm. you teased out the different possibilities like yeah we might talk about my oral fixation and then another <laughs> person's like oh my god we might talk about my exes and like oh my god and like i was like wait these are really good topics they're basically laying out what season one is going to have and they're mm-hmm. getting people that first episode hooked on the idea and this is something that i recommend to my clients as well like in your first episode yes you want to introduce yourself you want to kind of give everyone an idea of your character But then you want to tease everyone as to what kind of topics you're going to be talking about.
1: Mm -hmm. And with that
0: kind of chemistry, people don't listen to podcasts because they want to hear about that topic. People listen to certain podcasts because they like that personality. Mm -hmm. And once they get drawn in with the personality, now you got to put the period at the end of the sentence. Now you got to sell them with the punchline. The punchline is how you tease them with that information. And Mm -hmm. that was really well done. You guys did a great job. I don't know if that was planned, but you guys did a fantastic job.
1: Well, thank you. It was not planned. We just, every episode, if you listen, you'll hear us talk about something or bring up a topic and I'll say something like, hey, that's a whole other episode. And we'll actually take notes and write down a list of topics that we eventually cover, uh, like the ones we just did a couple of days ago uh, or yesterday. Um, One is about our dream man, what we're looking for in a dream Mm. partner. So dream man is coming out in a couple of weeks. And then the one coming out you know, well, I mean, I guess uh, the timing of this podcast probably it'll already be out. These two right. episodes are already out, right? So listen to Dream Man, listen to Thank You Next, which is gratitude that we have for our exes and what we've learned in those relationships. Mm. It's the Thanksgiving-related episode. So, yeah. I think that's
0: I think that's actually brilliant um, to, to have gratitude for exes. It definitely is a theme that I think should be in everyone's life. And if you don't find gratitude for your exes, then are you even growing? Um,
1: exactly
0: yeah 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 i also want to say though my favorite episode outside the intro episode was your episode during halloween about ghosting which again (gasps) clever theme relevant to what was happening in that moment the ghosting episode i specifically resonate with i had this moment on something unrelated and now i'm going to talk about a little bit of my personal life here for a okay, little bit okay we're gonna, we're gonna get we're gonna get mildly steamy here but not not too steamy maybe we will i don't know wait till wait till let's, let's see what's going on with this podcast so <laughs> <laughs> um okay so what happened was uh i was on like uh i was like on bumble or, or hinge or one of those dating apps right and i matched with this girl and we started talking and like the chemistry felt really good. Right. Uh, just, I, I, by the way, for the record, I hate dating apps, but now in the age of COVID it's kind of like the only way to meet people anymore, you know? So I'm on this dating app and match with this girl and like the chemistry is going really well. And what happened was this girl and I, like we talked about a first date, what it might be like. And, you know, I have access to like kayaks in my, in the place I live in. I live right off the water. Um, Super so fun I invited date, her, by the way, sorry,
1: super fun date idea, by the way, kayaking.
0: Yeah, no, I, I thought it was just, you know, great idea. Right. So she said, yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. And then like about maybe 20 minutes went by and she says, she says to me, actually, you know what? I'm listening to my gut and it's telling me it's not a good idea and I don't want to go on the date. Huh. And at first I was like, you know, like a little bit disappointed. And, and then I realized something that, that she did that was different. That seems like such a no brainer but we've kind of lost track in, of in our in our whole entire society mm-hmm. right which is she actually rejected me as close as she could to my face yes which i respect i hell respect yes. the hell out of that was the best rejection of my life and
1: Absolutely. that makes me
0: sound like a loser saying out loud but i take it with gratitude because i mean nowadays if you're on tinder hinge bumble whatever the dating app is that you're using mm-hmm. If you just don't like someone, you just unfriend them. And like, there's like no rhyme or reason. They're just gone. They just disappear from your inbox. You get ghosted real hardcore.
1: Yes. I absolutely respect people who are courageous enough and brave enough to have that difficult conversation, especially like you said, on the dating app, I'm on Hinge too. And if I match with someone and I end up not feeling it, I actually will message them and say, Hey, I'm actually not really feeling it. I'm going to unmatch, but I think you're great. And I hope you find what you're looking for. And usually that's enough. You know, people don't need a whole long explanation. They just want to know that, you know, it's not, it's not working. Um, and that's okay. You know, like yeah. that's part of life. Rejection is part of life. Mm-hmm. I've been rejected plenty and I'm still alive <laughs> and thriving and, and uh, yeah, yeah. But I agree that Hinge is very, dating apps in general are just very frustrating. I mean, it's just, <laughs> ugh, I do it reluctantly or, but I don't, I don't like it. I, I mean, I'd rather meet, you know, meet someone organically, but I right. don't always have that. But, right. um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, I do have a first date hike this afternoon.
0: Oh, Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Why
1: Did, I, I had to move this an hour to the left because I that's
0: to why, okay. Meet that
1: person a little sooner. Well, um, that was
0: very kind of you. This guy is a very lucky guy. I hope it's a great hike.
1: I, I hope, hope it goes well. I hope I'm not like pushed off a cliff or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> something Murdered. worthy of being talked about on Dick Talk and mimosas, right?
1: Yeah. If I, <laughs> if I fall off a cliff, then you know, this podcast will be my legacy.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, you heard it there folks. This might be her legacy. Um, <laughs> this
1: might be my last podcast episode ever <laughs> <laughs>
0: nonsense, or it nonsense. might be
1: the, the beginning to a really cool story who knows
0: okay okay we'll so in that episode that you're going to be creating that will have been out by now about the perfect guy does he so far check all the boxes of the perfect guy
1: such an interesting word i don't look for perfection i look for uh i look for excellent because ah. excellence is attainable perfection is not that's, and I, and if you listen to the dream man episode of Dick talk and mimosas, I talk about all of the qualities I'm looking for in a partner. Most of them are non-physical qualities. Um, I mean, a lot of people would be surprised. Like I don't care about, you know, physical really so much, but this, the inherent quality someone has. Um, so yeah, listen to that and, uh, who knows, maybe, he, maybe he checks the boxes. I got to find out.
0: Well, I got to check out the episode now. It sounds, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy's lucky and I hope you have a great day. It's a date.
1: blueprint, it's a blueprint, so. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll I think that's, by happens. the way,
0: that's amazing dating advice. Don't search for perfection, search for excellence. Absolutely. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, and this, I mean, this overall just sounds like, you know, really just like a really great podcast that you guys have been creating. I've been listening to, you know, several episodes since then. I need to catch up, I'm a little bit behind, but um, I want to go back now a little bit to your military experience. Sure. Um, or at least, at least some of the things you're doing now to kind of you know recollect on that. Right. Right Face Productions kind of is about how you're moving forward as a veteran, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how mature, so to speak, is that podcast? Like how how long has that podcast been around for?
1: So Right Face podcast, I started we i actually just recorded my 11th episode so it's been around a couple months i started it during quarantine during the pandemic uh i <laughs> i was bored one weekend and uh i said you know why maybe i should start a podcast but i didn't really know what i was going to do the podcast on but then it kind of clicked like i have a lot of friends who are military veterans who are in creative fields And I love sharing stories because I used to be a combat correspondent in the Marine Corps. So when I was serving from 2002 to 2012, I was a journalist. So I got to share people's stories. I got to do that in print, broadcast, do video production, and it was a lot of fun. And so I thought, well, I could translate those skills into this podcast and share the stories of my friends and and people I don't know yet and share their stories. And so that's how that started. And then Right Face Productions is my production company, my film production company that I launched during the quarantine pandemic as well uh, this past May. And it's something that I had been kind of sitting on for a few years actually, and I never really got it off the ground, but I finally had the time to you know, launch my website and, you know, partner with a creative friend of mine who is someone I met in acting school and he's brilliant. Um, So I've been working on a lot of these creative endeavors during the pandemic because it was just the best time to do it. And uh, yeah, and now I, and now I get to make films and uh, (laughs) it's, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, I'm basically taking my military experience and parlaying that into my current career.
0: I think that's really great. I think there's a lot of people and this isn't exclusive to uh, veteran experience. But I think a lot of people when they've, you know, gone through such a big part of their life, and they've changed, they almost try to take on a new persona, try to find a new me. You haven't really done that you more so are taking your experiences and making them your most valuable asset for the work that you're bringing in front of you for the future. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think that's pretty remarkable what you're doing right face productions just sounds amazing. But just curious, what came first, the chicken or the egg in terms of uh, the podcast and the company?
1: So the production company came first, Right Face Productions came first. And then Right Face Podcast came a couple of months after that. And yeah, they're very, uh, I mean, they kind of fall under the same right face umbrella. That's sort of the brand. And the right face name came as an homage to my military experience, because for those who don't know, a right face is a drill movement where you, a right face, you take a right, <laughs> you, you, you you take a different path. And so for me personally, when I got out of the military, I took a different path and, you know, pursuing filmmaking. So I made a right face And so that's where the name came from. And especially the people that I interview who are creatives, they definitely took a right face when they got out of the military and started making films or music or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's just my honor to share their stories.
0: It's remarkable. It's actually really interesting because I, when I was pursuing a lot of freelance work, uh, just working on various film sets and whatnot, I noticed a lot of veterans in the film industry. Mm -hmm. Do, Do you notice that as well?
1: Yeah, there's actually a whole contingent of veterans who are working in entertainment. There's a group here called Veterans in Media and Entertainment, and it started out years ago actually as Veterans in Film and Television, or VFT. It, it, it and it grew actually so much that we changed. They changed the name to Veterans in Media and Entertainment. So we could encompass even more veterans who are working in creative fields. Um, so I joined that group when I first moved to Los Angeles in 2014. I didn't know anybody. And I was a brand new graduate from UT Austin. I got my film degree. I moved to Los Angeles. I didn't know anybody. So I joined this group, Veterans in Film and Television, and they supported me as I was doing this uh, weekend film competition. I had 51 hours to create, to write, produce, edit a whole short film in just 51 hours. And I got to do that with mostly military veterans who were on my team. And we ended up making top 10 out of 500 entries for that contest. And I have them to thank, uh, so thank you VME. Because because of that group, I've been able to grow my network and just meet so many amazing military creatives. And they've supported me in just every step of my journey here. So um, I always love working with veterans. Um, I had they're near and dear to my heart.
0: I mean, that's, I, th- I think that's so cool. Um, veterans taught me how to be a production assistant, a little bit of my backstory. Um, oh. Yeah. So, and, and but this is where, this is where like, I, I have a theory about veterans in the film industry. And I want to, I want to, I want you to tell me if it's accurate, okay? My, my theory is that sometimes the standards in the film industry are so tight and so like require such a work ethic that it appeals to someone who has spent their, you know, maybe last three to four years, even 10 years like yourself, mm-hmm. you know, applying strict work ethic, strict self-ethic, so mm-hmm. to speak, that being in the film industry feels like they're at home. Is that accurate?
1: I, yes, absolutely. And that's because the military really instills these these, uh, these, qualities such as reliability, dependability. We We have to wake up early every day and be 15 minutes prior, 15 minutes is, you know, like the standard, 15 minutes early. So you're, you're going to get someone who's early, who's on time, who is hardworking because they've had to do that for their whole military career. And then of course we look after each other. So for instance, my current job that I'm working in, uh, I'm working for a TV show in production. And I was able to fortunately um, get a fellow veteran hired with me and she and i are very similar we have a great the same work ethic and i just love working with veterans because i know what i'm getting i know i'm gonna get someone who's reliable and who's gonna get the job done so yeah if you want a hardworking person hire a veteran
0: right and don't hire those kids who went to you know ucla or usc (laughs) and are just sitting on their asses because they're a film (laughs) director and they don't got a pa right um,
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I would say maybe hire someone who's a veteran and went to UCLA. That okay, might fair,
0: help. fair, fair, fair. And by the way, no, no, oh my God, I probably just offended so many people with that statement because so I have so many, many
1: people. Yeah,
0: I, I have friends at UCLA, I have friends at USC. I, yeah. I'm in the middle of that rivalry and I just hurt everyone's feelings. I'm now the new target. Oh my. It's
1: but- too bad. R.I.P. Charles. <laughs>
0: this might be my last podcast, too. This is going to be my legacy. It's going
1: to be our, <laughs> our final episode ever. Our final
0: episode. <laughs> this has been a really special uh, embrace. Thank great. you, Jennifer. This has been and it's fantastic. it's still great. It's going. It's still going. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, an assistant director. There was an assistant director who had military experience. Um, and he, I think veterans and assistant director go perfectly hand in hand because what an assistant director does on set is they are the ones that are really drilling the time into everyone they're the ones Mm -hmm. who are not afraid to argue with the producer because of time and budget and money those issues right there um they are the ones that really have to be hard asses and they're i'm pretty sure are the least liked people on set but the most respected people on set um yes because one thing, one thing I've never understood is why assistant directors have to do work they're not even paid for. Like all the planning that they have to do is not paid for typically. Um, but when they're on set and they're doing their job, that part's paid for. So that part has never really made sense to me. I always feel like the planning aspect of it, there should be like a, a base rate for like the amount of time an assistant director should be paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for that planning that happens offset that is not even heard of. So uh, it's just, it's just a real interesting world that assistant directors have and veterans kind of are perfectly at home in those situations. Uh, I have so much respect this one assistant director though. He taught me this concept. He taught me the concept of the most expensive coffee in the world. Oh um, yeah. So here it was. Okay. He asks me one day when we're driving in the car, we were like driving to set from base camp and um, he was training me at the time too. Cause he saw the potential in me. So he says to me, his name was John. He says to me, have you ever heard the most expensive coffee in the world? And I said, no, never. he says, well, unfortunately, it's whatever fucking coffee is on set. (laughs) I said, okay. And he said, yeah, so Folgers coffee, which is like 90% of all film sets in the world, is the most expensive coffee in the world. But I'm like, why? You can buy like a whole gallon of that for like $3. You know, they're like really cheap for a reason. You know, They're, they're big tubs that are meant to fill, that are meant to, you know, fill the caffeine needs of hundreds of people at a time. Why is this the most expensive coffee? And he says, well, the most, the, the average, the average, you know, full feature film in the film industry costs about, and Jennifer, you can, you can confirm for me as well. of like at least, you know, let's say $50 million. Right. That's, that's the average of a full feature film. Right. And he Mm -hmm. says, so that means that every second that that film is in existence, Mm -hmm. costs thousands and thousands of dollars now let's say there's a director and the director calls for coffee he cannot do the next shot for whatever reason because he doesn't have his coffee it's a really needy director if you (laughs) ask me but this director cannot move forward unless he has his coffee the the director likes his coffee two-thirds filled with coffee uh two two things of cream a little bit of sugar right so you got that going on. It needs to be perfectly made and it needs to be the uh, the, the Splenda sugar. It cannot be the normal sugar. that this
1: stevia. Yeah,
0: yeah this, guy, this guy is weird. So he likes the fake shit. Okay, so <laughs> this takes time, right? It takes at least two minutes to make that coffee, let's say, to get it just right. But yeah. the PA needs to get from point A to point B and then from point B to point A, A being the director, right? Mm-hmm. So that's at least a five to six minute process, right? The director calls for coffee. You got two PAs. You got the one PA who just thinks, oh, it's coffee. So he's going to walk there, right? But then you got the second PA who's going to run the whole time. And he's going to cut the two minutes getting from point A to point B in half because that direct, that PA ran. That PA saves thousands and thousands of dollars. And you just turned a $5,000 cup of coffee into a $1,000 cup of coffee because that PA hustled.
1: That better be a damn good cup of
0: coffee. Right. It better be a damn good cup of coffee. Unfortunately, it's Folgers, so it's not going to be that great, but (laughs) also not sponsored. So. (laughs) Yet. Yet. Man, I've bashed UCLA. I've bashed USC. I've bashed Folgers. And the only (laughs) victim, the only person who's come out unscathed is uh, your sponsor. So I'm a terrible person to sponsor (laughs) you. I am so sorry. But uh, anyway, though. (laughs) I just like, I remember like that day after learning that lesson, I was hustling because I was thinking to myself like, yeah, literally time is money. You realize Mm -hmm. when you're taught correctly by a veteran, that time is money and that every second saved saves everyone the chance to be able to come home with a, with a right paycheck, with the right paycheck. And like, it's a team effort. Like I think veterans get that the most, like veterans really do understand. So I salute you guys as much as I can as a civilian, but also just, I have an immense amount of respect. Let me ask you this, Thank Jennifer. You. Yeah, of course. Let me ask you this: is there is there a question that you guys dislike the most?
1: Oh, as a veteran. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say, have you ever killed anyone? Mm-hmm. That's pretty rough. You know, I mean, no one wants to hear that question, right? Regardless of if the person deployed or didn't deploy, like no one wants to hear that. So. Yeah. I would just say don't ask that question ever to any veteran.
0: (laughs) What do you, what do you wish people talk to you about as a veteran?
1: Uh, Just asking, how are you doing? Checking in, how can we support Mm. and being genuine about it instead of just saying, thank you for your service. Like asking, how can I support you as a veteran? Because we'll tell you how you can support Um. know there are several several uh charities you can support you can make a donation to the american legion you can make a donation to pinups for vets you can make a donate you know just donate send a care package you know actions speak louder than words so that would be my advice to anyone out there who wants to support the military
0: and in the description of this episode we're gonna have a list of charities uh that will support veterans uh, if you go into the show notes of this episode, we'll give everyone the chance to really be able to do the research and see what charities they're able and willing to donate to. Uh, and Jennifer, once again, thank you for your service. Uh, and for, you know, you talked about you did 10 years of service.
1: I did Wow. 10 years. Yes. <laughs>
0: can we can we talk about your experiences at all? Is that okay?
1: Absolutely. Um, where should we start? I mean, I I, I joined the military kind of, on a fluke. I didn't intend to join the military ever um, even though both of my grandfathers are army veterans. I went to Six Flags over Texas with my friends when I had just graduated from high school and I met a military recruiter who was doing the chin-up challenge which for those who are not aware or familiar the chin-up challenge is the challenge where you can do either Uh, chin-ups if you're a man. And at the time women did the flexed arm hang. So you just hold your chin above the bar. And if you did this for a long enough time, you got a t-shirt. So being really competitive, I said, I can do a flexed arm hang for, you know, a minute or whatever. So I did the flexed arm hang. I got the t-shirt and I started to walk away. And this recruiter was like, whoa, 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 what are your plans after high school? And uh, I said, well, I'm going to go to college and be a photographer or a graphic designer and they said well how are you going to pay for that and i said well my dad's a doctor so he can afford it and i started to walk away i was such a brat and then he said whoa, whoa, whoa. so so you want to be a photographer did you know that we have photography in the marine corps and he said well i'm listening so i talked to this public affairs marine who just happened to be there at six flags and we she and i talked for I don't know, 30 minutes or an hour. And after that conversation, I decided that I was going to join the Marine Corps. So yeah, uh, 10 years of my life, I went all over from Paris Island, South Carolina to Washington DC, to uh, Syracuse, New York, Camp Pendleton, California, did a deployment to Afghanistan in 2010. So uh, yeah, I kind of been all over. And I learned a lot while doing my very cool job, which was public affairs. So, yeah, I got to take pictures of people and I got to uh, do video stories and make them famous, as I like to say. Yeah, it was really cool. When were you deployed? I was deployed in uh, so I deployed St. Patrick's Day 2010, literally on St. Patrick's Day until just after the Super Bowl timeframe. So February 2011.
0: Okay, got you. And what was it like in where were you again? Exactly.
1: So we were at Camp Leatherneck, which is the regional command southwest area of uh, Helmand province. Wow. Which at the time was considered the most dangerous place in the world. And it was because they had a lot of Uh, insurgents they had uh, roadside bombs that were placed everywhere so anytime you went outside of the protective compound of camp leatherneck or whatever base you were at there was always a risk that you would be blown up or shot at and so that was always kind of scary and i was very lucky that you know i i returned home relatively unscathed and uh and a lot of people were not so lucky so um yeah, I'm just thankful that I'm here and I'm alive.
0: I'm thankful you're here too and that you're alive. And I mean, you have this incredible story and what you're doing with your story isn't just dismissing it. You're making it a part of you. You're embracing it. And it's, it shouldn't be unnoticed. And I know it's going to take you very far between your work ethic and your personality to what you're currently doing right now. Oh. It's absolutely amazing. Well, thank you. Of course. Forgive me, I'm going to edit this part out i'm just thinking where's the next part i could take uh where, where's the next place i can take it because i want we haven't talked mm. about the sketch comedy you're doing yet and then i wanted to talk about your previous your prior acting experience as well so i'm just trying to think what's what's a good question for me to ask that i'll transition to that
1: okay so um well because of the military i was able to use the gi bill that could be a good transition
0: okay great ha, let me think of the question that would ask that um I'll say thank you for your service. And then I'll say, was it like the GI bill came right after. So maybe it'll be like, what happened after the military? Like, like that? Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to do it right now and we're going to cut this part out, of course. Okay. Wow. Well, again, thank you for your service, Jennifer. It's really just an amazing story. I want to ask you, um, what did you do after? you left the military unscathed as you said.
1: Yeah so in 2012 I was honorably discharged after 10 years and I decided to use the GI Bill to go to film school because after 10 years of being a journalist I decided that I wanted to go from journalism to filmmaking and the the skills were quite transferable actually I learned a lot about video production in the Marine Corps so that really prepared me for film school so when I was you know in my first film class, you know, surrounded by 18 year olds. I actually knew how to pick up a camera. I knew how to shoot a a video package. And so I transferred all those skills into my filmmaking. And so, yeah, I went to UT Austin in Austin, Texas. And uh, so the GI Bill's great. Uh, It's a good benefit. I didn't join the Marine Corps for the education benefits but it was definitely an awesome benefit I'm glad I had. And then, yeah, so graduated in 2014. And I actually did my last semester out here in Los Angeles. Uh, and I interned for a couple of companies uh, while I was still finishing up my last semester. So one of the companies was Buena Murray and they produce a lot of reality television. So they did like The Real World and uh, shows like that, <laughs> Project Runway. And uh, so I interned for them and they actually offered me a job right after I graduated. So that was sort of my my, you know, my foot in the door of Los Angeles. I was a tape logger for the Real World season thirty, Chicago. <laughs> so, really, it's very glamorous. I got to watch tapes of people in a house, and I got to type out what they were doing, so that the producers could take those logs and create an episode. And uh, because you know they didn't outline or write any of the episodes, so they actually had to take the logs and create an episode.
0: I see. Got it. Yeah, (laughs) Unscripted content. Got it. Okay.
1: But I, but I knew I didn't want to do reality television, you know, as my career. So when we went on hiatus, I decided to switch gears and I started working at a talent agency and the talent agency is one of the top three talent agencies in the world. And so I got to work for an agent who had two assistants. I was number two. And uh, we worked really well together, even though it was very similar to Entourage, where if you remember Ari Gold yelling at his assistant for no reason, that was basically my job, (laughs) was to handle, put out fires, multitask, and do everything. And I thought, you know, if I could survive being yelled at by a drill instructor, I could probably survive being yelled at by a Hollywood agent. And I did. I was there for a year. And I learned enough about the business to feel comfortable moving on to other companies. I worked for a production company uh, that did uh, Netflix films and I learned a lot there and decided to move on. And that's kind of how I started my own production company was I learned enough that I thought, you know what? I don't wanna work for anyone else anymore. I wanna work for myself. So I am the CEO of my company. And I have a really exciting project in the works that I can't really talk about just yet, but I'm really excited to bring that to the big screen one of these days. Um, but yeah, so I keep very busy. And um, as an actor, um, you know, I, I've been acting from high school all through, I mean, from fifth grade to high school. And of course, I took a break when I was in the military, because they don't have acting in the military. So a couple years after moving to LA, I decided that I wanted to get back into acting. So I used my GI Bill yet again, to go to acting school. And I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles. And it's a two year conservatory. So I was classically trained. And that's kind of how I started, you know, acting and so now I do both in front of and behind the camera work. And um, one of my best friends who is also a partner in my company is someone I met in acting school. But yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. And, and the last few weeks I've been working on a couple of comedy sketches because I realized that most of my work is uh, dramatic and I wanna flex my acting muscles a bit. So working on a couple of those that I will put out in the coming weeks.
0: That's really, really exciting. And I'm so, so happy you're here to tell us this amazing story. What is the most surprising thing you learned in your experience down this journey in the film industry?
1: Mm, That's a great question. I mean, I've definitely learned that it's it's really about who you know. I mean networking is the biggest way to become successful in this industry. I mean you could have the best idea or the best screenplay, but if you don't know the right people, then it's not gonna go anywhere. So what I've learned is just, you know, connect with people on a genuine level. And um I used to I used to dislike going to those like mixers they used to have like pre COVID because I felt like a lot of people were just there to hand out business cards, but I like to genuinely connect with people. So um, I try to help people. And if I can't help someone, I like to connect them with someone who can, and that tends to, you know, be something that people remember about me so that when I need support, most people are happy to lend that support because like I said, I like to support others when they, have a goal or a dream so you know I think uh, what people put out they get back in spades
0: I think that's such a great way to put it and that's part of the reason why I host these networking events too those genuine connections that you you know are trying to foster really can't be made in when you're kind of forced into it or when you're just talking with someone who can you could tell is just a hundred percent sell 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 you know um, so it's very much about the personality it's very much about making those genuine connections and allowing yourself to be vulnerable in a place that isn't always necessarily nice to being vulnerable and knowing how to be, you know, kind of strong willed about your stance and how to get people to accept you because of that strong will. It's kind of this little bit of a balancing act. I'm sure you can resonate too. I,
1: I have to say I love the word vulnerable that you use, because I think a lot of people are afraid to be vulnerable because they see it as a weakness. And we talk about this on the Dick talk and mimosas podcast that you should listen to or everyone out there should listen to about one of the things we like in a partner is vulnerability someone who can let down those walls and be genuine and show us who they really are without the facade of being perfect and i think you know i think more people should allow themselves to be that way so yeah
0: well said if someone listening to this right now wanted to support your work with right face productions or simply just wanted to get in contact with you what is the best way to reach out
1: They can check out my Instagram at Jennifer Brofer. It's just my name at J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-B-R-O-F-E-R. I I also have a website, jenniferbrofer.net. That's got links to all of my social media platforms. It's got links to my acting reels, my resumes, if they want to check that out and other videos. I'm also on Facebook. It's just my name, Jennifer Brofer. That's where I put all of my professional, uh, you know, pictures or, or videos or whatever projects I'm working on. So yeah, feel free to reach out.
0: All of that information will be displayed in the show notes of this episode, along with all the various charities for veterans that you can support today. And finally, Jennifer, the question I ask everyone on this podcast, what will you be famous for?
1: Ooh, I'm going to be famous for filmmaking. I'm going to make, A really awesome film a feature film and everyone will know about it in a few years and that is what i'm going to be known for yeah
0: (laughs) jennifer Brofer, ladies and gentlemen i'm so happy you're here thanks so much for being on the show
1: thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure
0: if you've listened this far it must mean you're a thriver I want to thank you so much for listening. We want to stay connected with you. So please, in order to do that, we need you to follow every single one of our social media platforms. Can you do that? Follow us at Mr. Thrive Media, one word, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all the same. Also, we want to keep you completely informed as to all the services that we provide. You can do that by going on to our website, www.mrthrive.com. That is mrthrive.com. Have a great day, and thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.